So, yeah, this podcast contains spoilers. Spoilers, y'all. Hey, everybody, this is Max. And this is Tone. I don't know why I'm starting off because it's the TNN podcast, but you know. Hey. That's how we roll you sometimes. Mix it up sometimes. Hey, keep it spicy. So this time we're going to be talking about the Tijuana Jackson Purpose Over Prison movie. And first of all, the initial release date that when you look it up, the initial release date is going to say 2018. But let me tell you, I have been a Romney Malco fan for quite some time. So I'm going to let Tone talk about the more like detailed pieces of the film because I feel like I might be a little bit biased because I watched the backstory of like how this film came to be. Um, it was kind of it was crowdsourced um, and it was a situation. So like when you if you whenever you watch the film, you get to the end, you see a bunch of pictures in the final credits. And those are actually real people that got on the crowdsourcing um, site and gave at a particular level to get that type of recognition. And then there's also some names um, and they were able to get recognition at that level as well. But it all stemmed from a character that Romney created a while ago that he was posting on social media for a while. Um, that I don't know, he probably had it planned for a movie, but I don't think we knew that. But he would always give like little advice and tidbits from a character's perspective that had been like newly released from prison. So in this film, we watch his um, it's set like a mockumentary and we watch him um, basically navigate the prison industrial complex. Um, and it starts at parole and it, it takes us all the way through um, the journey. Yeah, so. Tijuana Jackson um, was an inmate who uh, who was a very intelligent man. Mm-hmm. Um, he he just lived a rough life in a rough circumstance, mm-hmm. but he was very intelligent. Um, he just had an unorthodox way of um, disseminating information. Right. And so, uh, and but it would get through. You would understand it. Like anyone he talked to from any crowd, any. Of uh, any part of life, right? Any different circumstance, backgrounds, uh, understood what he was saying when he would, you know, give advice and whatnot. And his real goal was to be a uh, career coach, not career coach, but life coach. And so that's what he went. He once he got out of prison, that was his goal. That was his ambition was to be a life coach. He was great at it. Um, he always had uh, a parable or something to tell somebody. Uh, right. That's kind of how he talked. He talked in parables. Uh, and so, you know, that's just who he was. And it was hilarious because just the, you know, um, you know, just the experiences you, 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 you get to be involved in during this movie was definitely something that kind of captures you as you go along with his story. Right. So we're being really careful with spoilers, but I do want to get into, cause first of all, I feel like everyone needs to see this. Some yes. of the think pieces that have come out have called this an anti-racism movie. I agree with that. Um, when you look at the breakdown of the prison industrial complex, there are some of you that follow me in different areas and know, um, like the research that I've done in that space and, Mm -hmm. um, how I feel about it. And so he exposes portions of the prison industrial complex and the, um, I want to say like the psychological effects that it has on people. 
Right. Um, in that it's an indoctrination into a particular, um, not just a lifestyle, but like when you're trying to overcome that lifestyle yes. or that, you know, that way of being over a period of time, there's still pieces of it that remain. So Tijuana Jackson is kind of transcendent, right? His philosophies are like, you know, you can't imprison the mind, right? But when you look at the the pieces in this film, and there are so many um, silent moments. So this isn't a movie that you watched and you don't look at it. Right. I mean, you can and you can still get, you know, the laughs, the tears, the everything else out of it. But there's so much visually packed into it that it's just like it's hard to um, it's hard to miss his total intent because there wasn't a, like a blank space on the uh on the screen at any point in time no i definitely agree it's definitely something you have to put your eyes on so can i talk about like a family dynamic in that go ahead and so then it's not really a spoiler um but you look at the relationship that tijuana jackson has with his family um and even though he is seen as this person that he's always going to prison. Right. He's always got, you know, something going on where he's in and out. And, you know, he's not the one in his family that went and got a degree. Right. You see how much they depend on him yeah. for, like, everyday, Everything. general, basic stuff. Everything, yes. So, one scene, this is like a, it's not really a spoiler, but it's one scene that I think that people will miss if they're not paying attention is when they roll up on his house for the first time. And I was just one. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Go ahead. You want to talk about it? Because I'm like, I, I feel like I've been talking for long. You want to talk about that? Well, you roll up on a house and you see the grass up six feet high. I mean, at the top of their head. You don't even recognize it as yeah. grass. Yeah, it's look like corn stalks or something. It's insane. <laughs> uh, weed, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, and as as it's like it's kind of gradual, right? Um. It goes into the next scene, and you see some of the grass cut away. Right. Right. And then you look at it again, and all the grass is cut. Yeah. And his car is out. And, and you know, he's working on his car with his uh, nephew. Mm-hmm. And, you, you, and that was something I looked at right away, and I was like, oh, so they really, really need him. Like, yeah. It's one of those things where you start to look like they really have issues without him. Yeah. And I think that that's like a commentary on the fact that when you take people and you imprison them and you remove them from their families, mm-hmm. like how you're removing essential people, like, yeah, they may have done things that um, require that they receive some type of discipline. But when you imprison people in the way that we do in this country, right. you're removing essential members of families, not just somebody that did something um, or got caught for doing something wrong. Right, right. Um, so what's another good scene? So I like that. I like the dynamics between, uh, honest to goodness, there's not one dud relationship. I think the only character that doesn't get as much, um, time or energy is the cameraman. Right. But I I think that that's the cameraman a lot though. The cameraman, (laughs) the cameraman, is silent for the majority of this film, but he makes his presence known. And I think that that was just, it was a beautiful thing. And the biggest part of his presence was with the nephew, with um, Tijuana Jackson's nephew. Yeah. He spent a lot of time with Tijuana Jackson's nephew. Yeah. And you can just kind of see that dynamic 
um, of just a barrier being broken. Right. But I, so like, so let's talk about um, like kind of odes to black exploitation films. Right. Okay. So one of my favorite old school movies is Superfly. Yes. That's uh, horrible movie. Terrible. I mean, a good, I mean, a good movie. But okay, it's a good movie. Horrible Italy. tropes. Yes, yes. There you go. But there's a chase scene in Superfly where the camera is like moving with it, and it's like everything is happening all at the same time. And this is before I guess they had the budget to be able to put something on like a dolly and like get the chase scene smooth yeah. before they had stabilizer or anything like that. But I love that scene because it brings you into the filmmaking moment. Um, and it makes you realize, like, yes, this is this is something that's happening, but it puts a timestamp on um, the technological advancement of black film. So right. when I think about Superfly and I think about the camera relationship and particularly that chase scene where the camera is just going off, yeah. I think about different moments in this film um, where the camera, like, you hear him audibly, like, between stuff where it's like maybe he'll have a word maybe he'll like have a reaction or you know he'll go through something but i love that that was kind of a i took it as an ode to how far we've come in black film okay i can see that um i yeah i can definitely see that is this movie was something that uh, i wasn't expecting um mags uh definitely uh knew more about the movie than I did. Uh, I kind of found out about it by watching uh, Gary Owens. uh, Oh, yeah, on the Get Some podcast. Yeah, the Get Some podcast. And so it was one of those things where I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, because I like Romney Mako anyway Mm -hmm. as well, but it's from a distance, right? It's kind of like from passing, like, oh, he's hilarious, and then go about my business. (laughs) And so um, it was definitely something that I took interest in right away as soon as I found out about it. So here's the thing that I think that people, so if you ever, if you follow Romney Malco on anything, he is the type of celebrity or like a popular famous person that really does the work to reach out to everyone that follows him one way or another. So when the right. film first released, um, cause I bought it the day that it dropped and you know, everybody was going back to his page. Like, you know, I got it. I've seen it. I'm going to watch it. Like loved it and everything. Right. And he was going through and like, I want you to know how grateful I am. Thank you for watching this film. But he has another series that he does. If you follow him on YouTube, where he talks about a lot of like, um, he's super smart. He's crazy smart. He talks about a lot of like psychological, um, imprints and a lot of like self-talk and things like that. And so he has, um, a whole platform that he's developed that, feels like falls in line with some of the philosophies that are talked about in Tijuana Jackson, but it's coming directly from him. Right. So, I mean, he has like philosophies on food. He's the person that I learned about ghrelin from like Uh, the, the fact that like, if you, when you feel like you're hungry, if you can ignore that feeling for a while, like it'll eventually go away. And the thing that's making you feel that is ghrelin. And so then if you don't react to that, um, that trigger right. every time it comes, then you'll find that you'll start to lose weight because you're not just reacting to these things because you understand what it is. Yeah, I learned that a different way, but I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, but I'm like, so he, so I'm like, I'm saying all that to say that 
it is interesting to like find someone that is so intellectually astute. Yes. Be able to turn that into like artistic creativity that is visually pleasing, that yes. is funny, that draws on like um, you know, emotions cuz there's some tear jerking moments. Um Yeah. I mean not like, not like like this has heart tear jerking. Right. Yeah. Like you'll feel it in your chest a little bit like, "Oh, that's crazy." Mm-hmm. Like um like you know scenes between him and his sister, uh, Tina Wanda Jackson, his sister, you definitely will be like, oh okay. Um, it, the silent he, scenes between yes, them, yeah, the silent scenes, which mm-hmm. their dynamic is something that you will look at and be like, what? Because there's there's a line early in the movie that kind of passed by real quick, and if you don't catch it, you might miss it, right? Oh yeah. When him and his uh sister was arguing talking about uh, her college education and real quick he said who who did who paid for it though and it just went by real quick and she blew him off and he was like wait a minute did he pay for her oh yeah right and then you know and and but but the way that she treat him you would never imagine that right and so it's, it's one of those things where you're like what is going on mm-hmm. really and like so i mean i i think that I don't want to give away too many spoilers. Right. Because I really want people to watch this film for themselves. Definitely. And draw their own conclusions. But, so, I I, I wonder, because this is a film that affected me. Um, I don't say, like, emotionally, but, like, it Mm -hmm. made me feel. And so, Queen and Slim was another movie that was like that. And when we felt, when we had feelings about it, we created a Facebook group to kind of debrief. Yes. I wonder whether or not someone has created a Tijuana Jackson debrief. I mean, definitely something to look into, right? But I don't want to create it until, like, enough people have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. With that, um, do your research on Romani Malco and watch this film um and watch it yeah watch the film period because tony like like he told you like he was kind of in on it like so every step of the way he really took his fans through every phase of this so i feel like i was in the room i was not i didn't have nothing to do with it but he he goes live and he was updating so often about like we shot this we got that done we got you know these things done and you know opening up different opportunities for people to contribute and ways that we could share if we didn't have any money because i was a little uh broke ish back then right Right. so like it's been years of this coming to fruition oh yeah um he talked about how long it's been and uh, just the work he had to put in just to get this thing up and running. That's one thing that he was mm-hmm. talking about a lot, just the work and, and the, you know, just the continued progress he was trying to make to get this thing out because he was passionate and determined to get it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things where you look at it and you'd be like, you know, it really gives you a, like an ambition of sorts, right? Right. Because although he's at a different level and he has different resources – there's things that we can do at our level with mm-hmm. our resources that can put us in a place yeah. uh, that will make us and our level more successful. Right. Uh, and you see somebody who has no resources but still has to go on his own and do these things. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, not necessarily what excuse do you have because I'm never that type of person. But, you know, maybe you should look into trying to figure out how to, 
you yeah. know. Because uh, I'm going I'm to tell you, like, I follow his lives. I get notification when he goes live because he's always talking about something that's, like, upper level. Like, if you watch the Gary Owen podcast, he goes off about sugar. Right. And, like, he has words like masticate just in his lexicon. He just right. speaks that way. And so I love listening to people that read a lot and think about a lot of different things mm-hmm. and like have a lot of different um, uh, perspectives on things and like watch them develop and go through the scientific process and like they change their mind, right? So um, when the Rudy Ray Moore movie came out, he was on live talking about how um, how he had been like so inspired by watching Eddie Murphy in that film and then the story behind it and then right. watching the other films and watching how closely Eddie Murphy was like tight to what was actually happening in the film. Um, and so then we're all talking on the live, like, that's what you need to do with Tijuana Jackson. Like you need to Rudy Ray Moore this thing because we're like, we're his fans. And usually it's no more than like 150 people on the live at a given time. Right. Right. He had a whole breakdown about the algorithm. That's a whole separate thing. But it's like, it's usually only maybe 150 of us. So we're like, you need to do that because we're going to buy it no matter what. Right. Um, and like it's it's exciting to watch someone like have that epiphany and watch them like walk down the steps of, yeah, this is something that's viable, it's doable, and then to have the pandemic set the scene. Right. That was something else. Like this, this pandemic really set the scene for this film to even be successful. Because I I wonder if in 2018 when it was slated to come out whether or not we would have even paid attention. I didn't even know about it in 2018. Right. It would have been me telling you right. about it. Right. But that's it. Exactly. And because uh, like I said, I, I wasn't, you know, I'm a Romney Malco fan in passing. And, mm-hmm. uh, so let's talk about who all is in it. I feel like okay. we, we did. So he has Regina Hall, who plays his PO. He has uh, Tammy Roman, who plays his sister. Um, Alcoya Brunson. Now, I know that little boy's face, and he has been in... Oh, it's okay. Familiar, yes. Here it goes. He's been in uh, Almost Christmas. Okay. Um, He was also in Birth of a Nation, but I didn't know that. I didn't watch it, so... Yeah, I didn't know that. So, Almost Christmas must be where I know him from. Probably. And Romney Malco is in that film, too. So, it's funny. Like, you see people that he, you you've seen him work with in other settings... Um, so he is in it and he plays the nephew. And then you have Lynn Odoms. She plays Mama Jackson. Now, Lynn Odoms is, plays older in this film. She is not, I don't believe she's the age that she's portrayed, but I don't know what else she's been in. Let's see what else she's been in real quick. Y'all sorry. Um, ah, I knew it. Y'all, we can't get away from John Henry. Oh, goodness gracious. We can't. We keep trying to get away from John Henry. So John Henry's back, huh? Oh, my God. She is the aunt, grandma, the the grandma, the snitching grandma in John Henry. You haven't even seen all of the pieces of it. I have. I'm telling you, John Henry is bad in passing. Like, I see John Henry and snippets, and I'm like, this is a terrible movie. Go ahead, continue. (laughs) Lord have mercy. Well, she's also um, uh, one of Tyler Perry's actors. She's in Ruthless. Okay. Um, I have not seen that. She's also in No Man's Land. 
it says she's in the lady killers but she's not big mama like she's not the the lady from a lady killer so she's in it so i'm guessing she plays the friend nope she doesn't even make this hot building so i'm not sure exactly where she is in that but lord she was in john henry help us yeah we don't god we don't don't, uh yeah. So I will say this one thing. She did a great job playing like um a mom that is dependent on her children. Oh, she did an amazing job. She did. Oh, I have yes. one complaint. Go ahead. Hate the way she says computer. Well, I think she was saying it that way on purpose. I understand it, but I don't so they're in Florida. Right. So I get it. But I also don't get it because I don't, like, I don't know. It just didn't oh, feel I've like heard, it was a Florida accent. But I've heard older people say computer like that. Oh, often. it was just rough for me, it's that a, piece. It's like a, it's like a breakdown of the word, the way they say it. That's funny. So, and then Shannon Dang, um, or Dong, I apologize if I'm pronouncing her name incorrectly. She plays the film student that started this thing off yeah. um, as a 10 minute assignment who was then motivated by Tijuana Jackson to, like, you know, broke do more. Yeah, yeah. He, he broke her a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> he did, but it was, like, a testament to this thing right. that he saw in himself that he believed in. Yes. In action. Um, so, and then also Kiva Jump, Berkeley Claiborne, and Tyler Cassidy also make the first bill of who I was in this film. I want you all to watch it. Um, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. The dynamics between all of the characters, like nothing yes. fell flat. The storyline is good. There's some surprises. There's lots of silent comedy in it. Yes. Um, yep. It's for me. It was one of those things where they had to have a lot of interaction somehow together because everybody meshed so well. Right. Like everybody energy and the flow that you got from the movie. It was like, <clears throat> excuse me. It was like nobody really fell off. From interaction, it was, right? It um, it took you into another. It um, it took you into another world where you forget that some of these people are superstars. Yeah, Regina Hall, we. I mean, I know people give her her flowers, but like it's because she deserves them. Yes. Regina Hall is such a great actress. Yes. And Tammy, let me say, Tammy Roman really showed out in this film. Yes, she did. Like, you know, we know her from reality TV. We know her from, you know, the Bonnet Chronicles. But... She did a great job. She had so... I mean, every character had dimension. Everyone had comedy. Everyone had a little bit of drama. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was... That was it. I feel like I'm just, like, doting over the film now. Um, The last one I want to talk about is the nephew. Uh, Yeah. He definitely... one. You can tell uh, that he was kind of outside of his environment in his environment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like a kind of an in it, but not of it. Right. And so it was one of those things where you can, it's an interesting dynamic that you don't see often uh, in, you know, a black movie. You could tell his influence, you could tell Tijuana Jackson's influence on his nephew. Yes. And how much um, his nephew was kind of lining up with his better ways of thinking. Yes, definitely. Right? Like, his nephew wasn't, like, doing things that he didn't have any business doing to a, a far extent. Yeah. Um, but you could tell that he was, like, really... He had a lot of his uncle in He him. was drifting in that direction before Tijuana came back. mm mm-hmm. uh, the In the direction of doing too much. He was yeah. drifting in that direction. But, no, uh, yeah, definitely influence. 
and you could see um, between the nephew and Tijuana, just uh, he he clung to his uncle. Yeah. And but the thing is, is that the nephew is very intelligent as well, and so sometimes like Tijuana insight will be short-sighted and the nephew will be there to kind of push the insight a little bit further like you're a little short-sighted right now mm-hmm. there's a better way to do things and so you kind of see that dynamic play itself out itself out which you know yeah it was a, it was really a like heavily a father-son dynamic yes but uncles are really special and like it, it was it was a dynamic that i don't think that we um delve into in a lot of films like we don't really get into that like uncle relationship or the like loving the, uncle relationship. Yeah, right. yeah, not the dark stuff because everybody's right. got like the right. dark uncle that story. Seem like he love you, but he on some funny stuff. And yeah, just, yeah. But like a genuine like he doesn't do everything right and right. he doesn't have all of the answers. But at the end of the day, you know your uncle is gonna ride and exactly. like it's good to see that um, in a film, especially because I know it in my life. Like right. all my uncles are dope. Like, you know what I mean? Like, from, from great uncles all the way down. So, I mean, like... And I had, you know, some choppy, you know, this yeah. relationship. So, yeah. So, so, yeah. um, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I don't have anything else. Okay. Well, uh, it's been great, y'all. Yeah, this is Tone. And this is Mags. We'll see you next time.